All right, WTNJ Conversations continues from Arizona at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Happy to hang out with Brewers Senior Vice President and General Manager Matt Arnold. Matt, the season is upon us. We're here. Sort of. <laughs> that's right. We are. We're. I mean, we're. Yeah. Baseball started. It's exciting. It's good to be here. We got a, a, a lot of really fun, fun faces that you haven't seen in a while. Uh, we've talked about everybody, right? And so it's great to have everybody in camp and, and ready to go. Yeah, I want to get into some of the prospects a little bit later uh, in our discussion. I, I guess I wanted to start with you and and try and figure out what has changed, right? You've been a general manager with the Brewers for a couple of years, going back to your most recent promotion. David Stern stepped down. You step into a an advanced operations role. But what has really changed for you on the on the day to day? Yeah, I think it's it's just probably more of the same. I would say, and in a lot of ways, it's it's just having the continuity around me. Um, you know, continuing to engage with our staff. We have we have a staff that's been together now for for the, the majority of us have been together for eight years. You know, working with Craig, uh, the coaching staff, our front office staff, and so really, it's just more getting on the same page with everyone and continuing the positive momentum that we've we've tried to build here for a number of years. So yeah, it's it's been great. Uh, hopefully, very seamless for everyone. Um, and yeah, I feel like we're, we're off to a really good start. You came from the Rays in 2015. David poached you. That's right. What were those conversations like? You were in Tampa with a team that performed well, given its payroll, exceptionally well, and your opportunity with the Brewers became an opportunity. But how did it all play out? Yeah, I mean those are those are interesting conversations, right? I mean, I obviously loved. I was with Tampa for um, almost a decade, um, nine and a half years. Had a great experience there with an incredible people. You can see there, so many of them are now around the game, leading leading other franchises. Um, and and it was it was really an organic phone call. David reached out uh, for permission. That's just how it naturally works. And um, we hit it off right away. You know, I had met him at a couple of meetings over the course of my career. Uh, you know, you just happened to be at industry meetings uh, together, had good conversations at those and, and wasn't expecting a phone call, honestly, and, and got it. Uh, and we hit it off right away. And it was it was great when you have that kind of feeling where you have have that conversation, and you're on the same page with somebody immediately, um, just not just how they believe in the game, but that how they are as a person. Um, we hit it off great. And so it was it was a, it was very seamless from the beginning. And, and obviously, we had a great run together. So what did you even know about the franchise? at that time being a national league team you were working with an american league team you're obviously familiar with the brewers but the real ins and outs how the roster had been constructed where they were with prospects and so on and so forth yeah i mean obviously we, we try to stay in touch with other teams as much as we can and i had a lot of good friends over here carl Muller is a, a a top executive for us here now and he was here um and i you know guys like scott campbell we had actually interviewed craig council in in tampa bay for our managerial uh role before he got the job here, so I knew I knew Craig. I had gone through an interview process with Craig, so I had I had a really good sense of what he was about in a great way. Uh, really, really like Craig, and so there were a lot of people that I had known. Um, and then obviously going through that process with Craig, just having that comfort level to walk in the door and feel good about that was a really, really good thing for me. And Craig turned you down. That's a long conversation <laughs> over some beers. <laughs> yeah, I'll, say, I'll say I'm glad we ended up here. Let's say and I'm glad we ended up together here for sure. You know. Um, I, there's a number I'm going to say to you. Uh, just see if it registers. See if you can guess what it is. Three hundred thirty-six million, one hundred forty-three thousand, three hundred thirty-two. Do you know what that number represents? Man, I I don't even know. It would be like the, the number of fans or something that have come to games. I I don't I I don't I don't know. It's <laughs> it's a big number. That is the Mets total payroll for 2023. Okay, it's a big number. Yeah. 
So that that's roughly two hundred million dollars more than the league average. Payroll doesn't yeah. always equal wins, sure. right? That that's first and foremost, and I think we've seen that with teams like the Rays, yeah. right? But how do you even react to a number like that? I don't honestly. I don't have much of a reaction. I mean, it, it is. I think the the challenging part of of what we have to do is is really navigate the landscape here, and and I think that. Again, our ownership has provided us very real resources uh, for a number of years, I think, to be competitive. I think we've run record payrolls here for, for many years. We also recognize we are the smallest market in, in the big leagues. And so I think we have to work within real constraints there. But we always, I, I believe we always have the support of ownership to go above and beyond that. And I, I think he's proven that over a number of years. Right? I think we really have. And so, again, I, my response to that is that's great. Uh, but I also feel like having done this in Tampa Bay for a number of years with some success here in Milwaukee with making playoffs, making the playoffs four out of the last five years, it's not just about the money you spend, it's how you spend it. Well, and it's also your ability to develop prospects, make key moves instead of a you know $200 billion free agent contract. Maybe it's a trade deadline deal that sort of puts you over the top. Do you feel like you, you, you almost explore more channels or different channels? Um, through the process of building a roster? Yeah, I, I do. I think that's right. I mean, we have to look under every rock, nook and cranny, uh, and it, it's a credit to our staff. It's a credit to our scouts. I mean, we're, we're doing everything we can to try to find players everywhere, and that, that starts internationally and leads to guys like Jackson Churio, right? And so those guys end up becoming, knock on wood, you know, the top prospect in the game and then hopefully flourish. And and now we're seeing the fruits of the of the labor that we've, we've put in where – now you're seeing guys like Sal Freelich and Garrett Mitchell, uh, Joey Weimer, uh, Bryce Terang. You know these guys are showing up now and and following already what we believe is a good group of, of players and just continuing that. And so, absolutely, I think we have to invest in those spaces, and I think we we have. I, the names that you just mentioned, and I was talking to Craig um, a few weeks ago about it, and I asked about those guys specifically. He said, "Go get their jerseys." He's like, "I'm just I'm telling you, get their jerseys, right?" So something has clicked in Craig's mind. That leads him to believe that there's a long runway for the players that you mentioned, not to become average major league players, but potential stars. There's always a risk associated with prospects, right? But how do you know when it is time to, you know, pull the leash and say, go, just run. You, you just, here's the opportunity. No question. Yeah, a lot of it is the opportunity, right? And like some guys will just knock the door down and you know it immediately. Other guys, look, it's a conversation, and it's sometimes it's objective with, with our data, and sometimes it's subjective when you're talking to a coach, you're talking to his teammates, you're seeing how things are going for that player because there are things sometimes off the field we don't always know about. So it's a, it's a combination of how to pull all those together that, that presents that opportunity for that player. But oftentimes, you know, they'll show you when they're ready, and, mm -hmm. and a lot of these guys are, are clearly knocking on the door and ready to go. You know, payroll in, in the NFL, you're capped. Payroll in... The NBA, there's a luxury tax threshold. Um, there's really nothing governing what happens in baseball. It, it, is that a good thing, or do you, do you think baseball would benefit from a salary cap in any way? Um, look, I, I think par parity is good for the game, is what I would say. And so I think when you start to get into extreme cases, it, it does make it challenging for the for the smallest markets, certainly. So. Um, I, I think parity is good for the – when you have just a juggernaut team, if it happens to be on an east or west coast, it doesn't matter, or, or, or Midwest, wherever, it's, it's about having games that are competitive. And I think if, if the game it's, – it's all about baseball, right? And so if you have games that are determined by how much a team is spending, 
then you know people are going to be disillusioned by that and, and i believe that we still have put out you know very competitive products here in this game and in the sport because we do believe it's a very equitable game and i think that is important for this game going forward yeah in three totally different models but I would argue in all three sports, you're not seeing the exact same teams every year win championships or even make up the playoff field. Right. Yeah, and I think it's you know it it does feel like given the the, the fact that there is no uh, salary cap in our sport, it does make it harder to, to sustain competitive windows. And you know, fortunately, I've been able to to develop and be part of teams that have done that uh, both in in uh, in Tampa Bay and here as well. And so you know, again, we're never going to make excuses about resources. We do believe we have the resources to compete, and, and I feel like it's, it's shown up on the field for the last several years. Yeah, Matt, the arbitration process is also very unique to Major League Baseball. Who do you think benefits the most from that, or does it vary case by case? It's such a, a different sort of deal. Certainly, yeah. There, there are a ton of ways to solve for that, right? And, and again, that's something that's, that's negotiated with the owners and players. Um, at the start, do I think that's the best process? S- certainly not, and that's probably another whole other conversation, mm-hmm. honestly. I don't think anybody loves the process, right? But it is what we agreed to, and so those are the parameters that, that both sides have agreed to. We have to go through that process. Uh, it's never fun. Uh, we try to get in front of that and have, have re- very you know, candid conversations with our players, our staff, et cetera, on like, what that should look like. Um, and look, it's it, it's just part of how how we currently operate in this game, and so that's how, that is something that we have to navigate uh, with some of the ramifications that come out of those conversations. Does it does it help a smaller market team in that you maybe get a few more years of of player control if you don't have the free willing spending ability of the Mets, for example? Yeah, it cer- it certainly does, right? It, you know, it gives you just the extra years of control that you have to negotiate with through that arbitration process over the the you know the guys that qualify as a two plus, three plus, four plus, and then and then the five plus. We you do have the control of those players to have those negotiations. So it does give you the benefit, but you have to have those players before they get to those points. You have to draft them well, you have to develop them well in order to get to that so that you want to keep them in your organization. Hey, Matt, coming up on the other side, I want to ask you about the anatomy of a trade and if some teams are just easier to deal with than others. More with Matt Arnold, Brewers General Manager and Senior Vice President, right after this on WTMJ. Talking with Matt Arnold, Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. He came from the Tampa Bay Rays. He had some other stops before that. You're not the only person walking around here that has some Tampa Bay roots, right? It's interesting walking through the clubhouse. Rays, Marlins, Blue Jays, that seems to be kind of a common theme. Are some teams just easier to deal with when it comes to making trades? Like, there's a familiarity with some of the the newer faces in the clubhouse. (laughs) That's a great question. I mean, look, I I think we we have a really good group of people that make contact throughout the game, and and, um, we want to try to be in play. I think that's something that we've talked about in the past is just making sure that you're in play on conversations around the entire league and so we're not we're not eliminating anybody uh, um, from any conversation we always want to try to keep our doors open for any opportunity do you remember the first trade you made the one that the first one that you actually signed your name on the paperwork um wow i don't i mean i guess it i mean when when i was here i, I think our first pickup was junior Guerra, and that was a waiver right. claim I think, and so man, it's been a, it's been a several years, but yeah, those are. I mean, look, our, our names are on all of these, right? And so that's that's something we don't take lightly. I mean, anytime you you have your name on a player, you want them to do well, and so we're pulling like heck for these guys. We're big fans, just like everybody else, and we want these guys to be great. I, I think the first trade that I remember when 
when David was hired was Manny Pena and K-Rod, Francisco Rodriguez. That's right. And then somehow K-Rod ended up back with the Brewers like two or three other times. And then he stepped on a cactus at spring training. Yeah, Manny did a nice job. Manny Manny did a a heck of a job for us here for a lot of you. Caught some big games. Are those nerve-wracking? Any trade, right? Any trade. Like until the point where it's actually signed, and then, oh, 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 by the way, the players you, you hope you traded for need to perform. Sure. Like, how nerve-wracking are those deals? They're, um, I, don't, I don't know if they're nerve-wracking. I mean, look, you, you want to you wanna do well in all these deals. I think it's also important that you, you do deals that, that other teams want to continue dealing with you. And so if you're giving up a player, if they go on and do well, as long as you got back what you, what you think helped your franchise, that's okay. You know, I, obviously you don't want to give away value just going out the door. But if we got the players that we, we like coming back, we should be okay with that because that, that gives us an opportunity to do more deals with that club. And sometimes you may not know the answer until a couple of years down the road, right? For sure, yeah. I mean, we have Monty Harrison is back here. He was part of the Christian Yelich deal. You know, it just comes full full circle. You know, you have sometimes these things work out where they come back and, and um, yeah, you never know until years later, like you said. Manny Pena for K-Rod was one deal, I recall. There have been others. The bigger deal of the offseason is acquiring William Contreras. And I have an all-star catcher uh, replacing Omar Narvaez. Walk me through that deal. When you targeted William as a, a great fit for Milwaukee, how you decided on the compensation package to acquire an all-star catcher, can you walk me through the anatomy of that deal? Yeah, wow. It's yeah, certainly. So, I mean, obviously, having um, you know William on our radar for years, well before he you know he came into even conversation on being available, um, you know, scouted him, uh, had history with this player, knew about him. Obviously, had his brother. We we had seen quite a bit here in our division, um, so had admired admired him from afar. And then you you kind of walk into our off season likely seeing what's going to happen with Narvaez and where he's headed uh, via free agency somewhere else. And so, look, that was something we, we needed to address. We were obviously canvassing as many teams as possible, canvassing the free agent market. And then you end up having these conversations that sort of organically come together uh, with certain teams trying to access certain players. And obviously that turned into a very unique three-way um, where you could tell one team was trying to access uh, Ruiz potentially to flip him to uh, Oakland in this case, and, you, and then just trying to connect the dots on how do we access the players that we want. Ultimately, we, we saw that Murphy was likely headed to Atlanta and that they would have a surplus there. And so we, we try to target teams that have surpluses so they're more willing to deal. And then you see William Contreras becomes available and it's like, hey, how do we get involved here? And that was really the, the anatomy of sort of the background on how we got involved. And then just getting on the phone with those guys and trying to see if we can work it out. I feel like the more teams involved, the more complex. Is that accurate? Very. <laughs> yes, it, it it can certainly uh, it can certainly complicate things. But look, I think when you talk to guys that you have relationships with, you try to see, hey, what do we, what are you trying to solve for? What am I trying to solve for? And to see if we can help each other out. You know, it. I, I think you lose sight of it sometimes. You know, you you can't look at trades in a vacuum, right? One of the players that you traded away to get William Contreras was part of the Josh Hader trade. And when you assess at some point whether you feel like you got the better end of that trade, well, now you have to make sure you add the all-star catcher that was acquired, along with Robert Gasser and some of the other pieces, right? So it, you may not know the answer to that question until a little bit down the road. That, that's right, yeah. And, and these, like I think we talked about, it's, it's, they're sort of these trees of these trades, and hopefully those continue to grow over time. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, certainly having you know the, the long view on those types of deals, I think, is really important. Like you said, it's just you know constantly trying to see did we, how did we do in this deal? Like what happened? What are the, what are the ramifications of the franchise? You always want to try to assess how how you did in every way and so that we can just continue to improve overall you've always struck me matt as just you know engaging calm personable i've always enjoyed talking to you are you always that way on the inside <laughs> right i mean are, are, are like the super balls bouncing around sometimes what gives you that level of anxiety yeah i, I mean look I, I think one of the things that resonated for me and i was talking to craig about this was just having it it's not none of these things are about me it's about the brewers and so like when you just make it about what this is and how much everything that we do means to other people it really takes the pressure off of you in a lot of ways because it's not about it's not about just one person uh taking all the shots like alan iverson you know i don't need to do that <laughs> and so that's it's not about it's not about me it's about everyone here and we have a great group of people and that's something that that really resonated with me it was more about the people our community what our team means to this this city um, that means a lot to me, and so I, that's that's it's refreshing in a lot of ways because you feel like you have that kind of support from a lot of people. Well, and, and you've chosen to make this home, right? I mean, arriving in 2015, um, David was a little more of a front office operations face, if you want to put it that way. You're now in that role and certainly very comfortable with it. Um, but you have chosen to stay with Milwaukee. Why, why does it mean so much to you to yeah, be with the Brewers? It, it really does. And and look, there, there are opportunities that, that, that can present themselves in a lot of ways, but, you know, this is a really good place. It's a great place to work. It's a great place to, to be. Uh, I love the city. I've lived around the country now and, and worked for other teams, not always by choice, right? You just happen to mm-hmm. t- go where the job takes you in a lot of places and just found myself really liking Milwaukee and, and really enjoying the people whether it's our, our neighbors, our friends, uh, the community, my family. Um, it's just a great place to live, and, and, and I really, really like it here. Uh, you've got bases that are now the size of pizza boxes. Um, we have seen and heard all the beeps in the press box for the pitch clock, right? Baseball's new rules are here. Are they about speeding up the game, or is it more about quality of entertainment, in your opinion? So I think at the moment, I, I do think that there's focus on the time, right? And, and, and I think that's understandable. We're, we're getting into a new phase. My hope is that that shifts over time into more about the quality of the, of the product. And so I do think now that this is new, like you said, we're hearing the beeps, we're seeing the violations. Over time, from what we've seen, those those dramatically decreased, I believe, in the minor leagues. And I think we'll see the same thing in, uh, in the big leagues as well. We saw a clock off a couple of days ago. First ever baseball game to end right. because of some sort of clock violation. There we go. Welcome to baseball. Yeah. 2023. I, yeah, I don't, you know, I hope we don't have any of those, to be honest. I want the game <laughs> to play like we're supposed to be played. So, and I think that'll, that'll, uh, that'll clean itself up over time. You had a winning season last year, record-wise, but fell short of the playoffs. Do you look at things black and white? Is it pass-fail, or is it we had a good season, we just fell a little short of our goals? How do you digest it? I think it's a great question. I think what we try to do is is assess ourselves every year if we can. And I think the reality is when you don't get into the playoffs, which is our goal and to go well, well, well into the playoffs, when you don't make it, it does give you a real reason to dig even further, right? Not that we haven't in the past, but I think really, really dive in and say, hey, what happened here? How could we improve? Uh, what are the ways that we can challenge our staffs, challenge ourselves to just continue to get better? And, and I think this, is, this has given us that opportunity. Final thing for you, Matt. I know it seems like a 365-day 
a year job, but how do you get away? How do you decompress? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. And I don't, I, like, I'm not interested. I, I don't have any hobbies. I don't hunt or fish or um, I, I like, I like baseball, you know? And so this is, this is what we do and, and it's a lot of fun. So I, I like spending time with my kids and my family when I can, uh, as much as I possibly can, honestly, but they like, they like baseball too. You know, my son called me uh, this morning to try to set up his fantasy baseball league, you know, with his <laughs> buddies. And so it's just part of what we are, you know, and, and, uh, you know, been doing this for over 20 years now and, and, uh, it keeps getting better. It's awesome. So you've never considered a darkness retreat just somewhere in the wilderness of <laughs> I'll, Oregon? No, I'll have to reach out to Aaron Rodgers about <laughs> to that To see one. how that no, went. I, I like where we're at right here in the sun. Well, congratulations on the new role and looking forward to seeing you around this year as we always do. Um, and looking forward to a great and exciting product because I know there's a lot of young faces. Craig said it, go buy their jerseys and, and we're seeing that play out here in spring training. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate it.